introduce the speaker for this morning, uh, Manuel C. from Stockton. Thank you, I'm Manuel Manette. I want to thank the committee for allowing me to, to share my gift with with you, especially the newcomers, all of you that are new in your first 30 days of recovery. You know, last night was you know, was really very spiritual to me. Uh, I remember the first convention that I ever went to, I just couldn't believe the amount of people that were there and what was going on. You know, just the, you know, God-given gifts. And that's what I want to share with you. This morning, I want to tell you a little bit about what I'm all about, really, and what I had to deal with. Uh, I heard a lot of similarities all weekend. I, I tried to listen to as many speakers as I could, just to, you know, uh, it really affirmed, uh, you know, that we do have a lot of similarities, and we're going to go down a lot of the same path. Uh, we do try to share our gift with you so you don't have to go down the same path that we went through, but it seems like, you know, that's the, the, the way it is. Uh, a lot of the speakers that I heard, uh, we did have a lot of similarities, not only in our using, also in our recovery. And uh, I need to share that with you also. Um, you know, just going back and, and thinking about where it started for me in, uh, you know, my disease kicking in it was, was probably at, at a very young age, you know, like three, four years old. And, you know, this is before I even put any kind of chemicals in, in, in my system. It was a very critical period in, in my life. Uh, my father was taken away in a straitjacket. And uh, right there, I was already developing uh, some very, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just those feelings that uh, that we don't like to talk about. You know, we don't we don't want to open ourselves up to, to everybody and let you know, you know, how how uh, how fearful we really are. Anyway, at, at that point, uh, you know, I put up a lot of walls. Uh, I had a lot of resentments. I had a lot of anger. A lot of fear. You know, that, uh, you know, how dare they take my father away? Because, uh, you know, that man suffered from heart disease. And I don't know at what point, where he was when he died. But what I do want to share with you is that during those years, trying to grow up and, and, and deal with these feelings and, and like I say not really wanting to share with anybody the pain that I was living with you know being raised by, by women you know it was very difficult and I do talk about that in meetings today that I was raised by women by women and I do have more in common with women than I do with men you know I need to talk about that you know, I'm one of these people, I know how to cook, I know how to iron, I know how to sew. You know, I know how to do a lot of these things that, you know, a lot of us males don't know how to do. You know, I, I heard somebody talking about, uh, you know, fixing cars and building homes and all that, you know. You know, that's something that, uh, you know, I didn't learn. But what I did learn was, uh, you know, by my mother and, and, and by the, you know, the women that were in, in, in my life, they did show me a lot of a lot of love you know how to care uh, they introduced God to me and uh, you know they did the best they could but uh, I didn't want any part of it you know like what do they know you know they're only women uh, I was the youngest of four boys and I seen a lot of the things that they were doing and that's exactly what I wanted to do and uh uh, I made sure that uh, I ended up just the way that they did, and, and, and I did. It was all about, you know, wanting to be with the fellas and, and uh, 
at a very young age, I, I proceeded to, to follow that path, you know, no matter what. You know, no matter how, how much pain it brought me, uh, physical pain, mental pain, it really didn't matter. And um, the point where I really crossed that line is uh, at the age of nine or ten years old. You know, and it's very important for me to remember that too because I have an eleven-year-old right now, and I do keep a close eye on him just to see where he's at emotionally. And at that point, there is when I crossed the line. It was like, you know, I'm going to try this and see what happens. You know, it was like I tried to abide by, by, you know, the principles that that I was taught. You know, by by my mother and by my aunt, you know, try to be good and and uh, and for once I I went ahead and I jumped in with both feet and see if I can get away with it and I got away with it and right there, you know, that uh, you know being an addict, you know, it it uh, that was the start right there. I knew that I can get away with with things and I ran with it and at a very young age I uh, I did a lot of things that that. Uh, to brought a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, and uh, I could not bear the pain. And in order for me to deal with that, I uh, I proceeded to to kill the pain, and uh, I started using it at a very young age, and it took the pain away. Uh, I know today that uh, I do have an allergy to any kind of chemical. It doesn't matter what it is that I put in my system. You know, right from day one, it got me sick. You know, it doesn't matter what it was. They got me sick, and I know it today. And uh, it didn't matter. All I knew is that no matter how physically I got sick, it took that mental pain away. You know, it took me out of where I was. I didn't ever want to be there, but I got myself there, and that was the only freedom that I could find, is by putting chemicals in the system. And anyway, this went on for, for quite a long time. You know, at, uh, at a very young age, starting and, and trying to get your to junior high school. I could remember the days of, of going out there with the fellows and, and uh, I got to that point where I needed to be with uh, people where I, you know, where I felt safe. And uh, I picked out the people that, uh, that I, I really felt would, would take care of me. And at the same time, not wanting to let them know how afraid I was. You know, that I didn't want to do what I was doing, but the only thing that I knew was what the environment that, uh, that they were in. So I proceeded to, you know, to be that rebellious person, you know, and the way I dressed to let you know that, you know, that uh, I was different. Uh, I could remember in, in junior high school already, you know, being searched. You know, I had weapons taken away from me, I had drugs taken away from me, you know, I had, you know, people already knew what kind of person I was. But it just so happened that, you know, I got to that point of uh, barely making it. I was already getting out of out of junior high school, and at that point already a lot of the friends that, uh, that I was running with were already going to jail, or they were given the option to go into service, and some of them died. But uh, I was very fortunate that I did get into high school. And then again, you know, uh, I no longer had those, those friends. You know, I was, I was, uh, I was a loner through high school. Uh, I hear a lot of people that are asking me if, I, if I'm going to my high school reunion. I, don't, I really don't know. You know. I really don't have any, any desire to go to a high school reunion because I really wasn't close to any of the people there in school. You know. And it's, it's really weird, you know, because I, I missed a lot. I really missed a lot. And I was just discussing that with somebody at, at work the other day. And uh, I really don't have the desire to go, but I, I, I might do it just to see who's there, you know, and experience something different. But uh, I guess say, you know, that my addiction was, was progressing to the point where I isolated a lot. You know, through high school, I, I did have some friends, you know, those four of us that, you know, that hung together, and, uh, you know, we were, we were sick, but uh, I guess I was the sickest of, 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 the, of the four, you know, like, uh, they were able to stop, 
you know, they were able to to get married, to get jobs, and and to to do some responsible things. But uh, I just didn't have the ability to do it. But one of my brothers, he was one of these type of people that uh, he had some type of direction in his life. You know, he was using, he was doing, the, you know, the things that that I was doing. But he still, for some reason, had the capabilities of, of doing something positive with, you know, with his life. And, uh, and he kind of, like, guided me through and, and made sure that I was taken care of. And he was one of these guys that, uh, my, you know, one of my great enablers. You know, he was the one that got me out of jail. He's the one that cleaned me up. He's the one that uh, wanted to make sure that I was there for him also. And... Uh, and it, it got to the point where uh, I was getting out of high school and, and I didn't know what I was going to do. All I knew is that uh, at that point already, I was 18 years old, and I was thinking about how I was going to use. I know I was tired of using the way I was using. And I thought about, well, maybe I'll, I'll just do it on weekends, or maybe I'll just do it on holidays, or birthdays. And, you know, being an addict, you know, every day was, was a holiday, you know, every day was a birthday. And, you know, I just could not stop, you know, I just could not, uh, I was out of control already. Anyway, it just so happened that, uh, uh, me and this friend of mine, we got this bright idea, well, we'll go on the server. So I went down and, uh, talked to a rec- recruiter and I had planned on going in, but, uh, I, I didn't go in. It was like I got a job, and uh, I went down and talked to the recruiter. You know, I'm sorry, but uh, I got me a job already. So I'm not going in, and he wasn't very happy about that. But at that point, there, at you know, at 18 years old, is when you know when my disease really kicked in. You know, I was already to that point where you know the money was coming in. I was working steady, and and it was just like uh, a big party. And uh, that brought a lot of that pain back again. You know, I did more things that I was ashamed of, more things that uh, built the resentment. And uh, I found myself in places that I didn't want to be. And I started going to jail. And like I said, my brother was always there to bail me out. He cleaned me up, and we just continued. After, after I got out of jail, I just kept doing the same thing over and over. Anyway, it, it got to the point where, where he, he was so dependent on me that like, I was the only person that uh, that he went anywhere with. You know, like we always use an excuse for, you know, to go, go play pool. You know, it was nothing about going to play pool or going to a, a dance or a reception. It wasn't about going to a dance or a reception. It was all about going out and getting loaded, and that was the bottom line. You know, but the only difference was I took him home and, and I went to jail. And uh, time and time again, I was on that phone calling him up. And there he would be. And it just so happened that uh, in April 1976, is, uh, you know, when God, I guess, God finally saw it, that uh, he needed to show me some type of a direct direction and uh, I got to know a little bit about, about recovery at that time. This friend of mine had gone into a treatment center, and uh, he's my best friend, you know. Even today, I still consider him my best friend. I just cannot be with him because he's still out there using. And what happened was that uh, I went to this treatment center, and I visited him, and... Uh, you know, I was all for it. I was all for giving him the support because he needed it. You know, I never looked at myself. I was always looking at the other person. You know, I was tired. Like I would say, I was tired of cleaning him up. You know, I was tired of taking him home. I was tired of protecting him. All these things that uh, I was always looking, you know, like I was better than him. I never was. It just so happened that... Uh, he met a lot of beautiful people that, that were in recovery, you know, and a lot of those people are still here today, and that's what's beautiful about it. I, uh, I got invited to their home. You know, we went fishing together. We went to ball games together. And what's sick about it was that 
you know, this, this mind of mine, uh, being the addict that I am, it was like I knew these people were just like me. You know, there was no doubt because they admitted it. You know, they were just like me. So I, I took it that, okay, fine, you know, you're just like me, then why don't you share your stuff with me then, you know? Like I go to your home, you know, you don't bring anything out. I go to ball games with you, you don't bring anything out. It's like, you know, they wouldn't after I left because they knew the kind of radic that I was. And, you know, I was very offended by this. So what I would do to get even, I, you know, I'd leave them and then I'd go proceed to, you know, the way I always did. And got loaded and went to jail. But uh, the thing is, a year later, I'm in this treatment center that this friend of mine went to. You know, I went to jail April 3rd of 1977 for the last time. I haven't been back since. But uh, I got there, and I was scared. Uh, I couldn't let the counselors know what, uh, what was going on with me. You know, I had this big old knot in my stomach, a lump in my throat. Every time they called on me, I couldn't say anything. And it was tough. But it just so happened, see, God, God softened this path a little bit for me because I knew the people that were there. I have already been introduced to the counselors. Like I say, you know, I went to their homes, so I was familiar with them. But I was still not able to, to let them know where I was coming from. All I knew that I was desperate enough where I wanted somebody else to, you know, to help me because I knew I couldn't do it on my own. You know, I, I tried so many times. At least I thought of it. I thought of it a lot of times. I, you know, I just wasn't able to do it. So I gave myself up to them at that point, you know. At that point, I could say that, you know, they were my higher power. They were the only hope that I had. So I spent three weeks in there, you know, just being there, occupying space. You know, I can say that today because that's exactly what I was doing. I was occupying space for three weeks. And they allowed me to leave there. I was supposed to go on a, on a two-day leave to go take care of business or visit family and so forth. But I remember catching the bus and getting off in, in, in Stockton. And uh, as soon as I got off the bus, you know, that disease kicked in again. It was like, okay, let's go get loaded. Nobody's going to know. And I really didn't intend to go back. But what happened was that, uh, you know, God, God was with me again. I, I got back on the bus. I went back to the treatment center. In three hours, I was back there. And I told the counselors, you know, that uh, I had no business out in the street. You know, I needed to be there. And at that point, I, I, I was able to start opening up. There was one of the counselors there that, uh, you know, that took me under his wing and, and you know, at, at first there was like, you know, this son of a bitch, you know, I, I don't know what, he, what he's, he's testing me, you know. He just wants to see how far he can go. And, uh, but I, I know today exactly what he was trying to do. He was trying to show me where I was going to end up at if I, if I continued using the way I was using. Because he would take me to the hospital and ask me, to talk to the people that were coming in into the emergency room. And I told them, you know, I really don't have anything to tell them. And he said, yes, you do. You know, tell them about what you're doing and uh, that you're in treatment and you're trying to help yourself and there are people that are there that will help them. And so I did this. And again, you know, he took it a, a step further. Like he took me up to one of the wards where these people are strapped down in his frames. Some of them are spitting their livers out. And he told me to go in there and talk to him. And that man, this guy's got to be out of his mind. So I went ahead and I did it anyway. You know, I tried to follow some kind of direction. And I went in there and uh, I did the best that I could. And I talked to these people. And it just so happened that after I got out of treatment, uh, I ended up taking one of those guys home with me. And uh, not that uh, he stayed clean or anything, but, you know, I was able to to do, you know, what was expected of me. That, uh, what happened is, is I left there, and, uh, you know, it was like, you know, I cannot go do what I used to do. 
you know, I was telling this to myself, you know, I can't no longer hang out in, in the pool halls, you know, in the bars, connection stuff, at the handball courts. You know, I can't do this anymore. So, uh, every day, every day I went to this treatment center before I went to work. You know, I was there every day, people thought I worked there. And then, because uh, I wasn't there, I was at a recovery house, or I was at one of these one of these uh, drop-in centers or clubhouses, what do you want to call them? And uh, that's where I spent my time with people that are in recovery. I did not want to be by myself because I know exactly where I was at, you know, prior to going into that treatment center. So what I did was, you know, every time I heard to keep coming back, you know, at first it sounded corny to me, you know, I'm like, you know, what do you mean keep coming back? And that's exactly what it means, you just keep coming back. And this is exactly what I did for the first seven months of my recovery, that's all I did. And I kept coming back, and I would go into the meetings, and I'd sit down, and you know, I wouldn't put my name on the register. I'd hide in the, in the back of the room. And uh, I can remember this one counselor that she told me, you know, for an hour and a half, man, you know, just sit there and listen. You know, don't get up to go to the bathroom, don't get up to go get coffee, you know. Just be still. Just sit there and listen. You know, if I practice this, and I sat there for seven months, and I was still hurting, and then just so happened that, again, you know, God made it possible for me to, to find somebody that I could relate to. I was in a, in this hall similar to this, and they were, they were given awards, not awards, but, uh, they were uh, for uh, people being clean, you know, for a year, six months, and uh, completing their, their aftercare. And it just so happened, I looked across the room and I seen this guy that, that I knew from out in the streets, and I thought, man, this guy looks different, you know, he's clean, and he's got a haircut, and you know, he you know, looks, looks pretty good. So I went over and I talked to him. And, uh, you know, he asked me, you know, what, you know, what are you doing here? I said, the only thing that I, that I could say was, well, they come and keep coming back, you know. So I'm here. So, you know, we, we started talking. And, uh, you know, he told me some of the things that he did. And I thought, no, no, not this guy. He's pulling my leg, you know. You know, here I thought again, you know, there's another guy, you know, just testing me to see how far he could take me. He would tell me that he did this, you know, and he did that. And I was going to prove him a liar. So all these places that he told me he went to, I showed up just to see if he was there, and I'd be damned if he wasn't there. And then he started inviting me to, you know, to go with him to, to do H&I meetings and, and uh, sharing meetings. And, uh, and he was a gentleman that, that uh, introduced me to Narcotics Anonymous. He saw something in me that uh, I didn't understand it at the time, you know, like he said, hey, man, you know, we have a Narcotics Anonymous meeting on Wednesday nights, you know, why don't you come on by? And I'm thinking, Narcotics Anonymous is bullshit. You know, I'm no heroin addict, I don't, you know, I don't need to be there. But he saw something in me. And again, you know, I showed up, and I sat there, and I listened, and, uh, you know, it's like I found, I found a home. And, at that, you know, like I said, at that time we only had one meeting, one meeting a week. And, uh, you know, I, I kept coming to this meeting, and I became a part of it. And uh, I remember how good I started feeling. You know, we started, uh, you know, like what this big thing out here, you know, we, we've got a convention, and it's beautiful. And at that time I could remember, you know, a big deal for us was planning a picnic. You know, it was just a handful of us. And that was our celebration. And uh, I can remember the first one that uh, that, that we had. And uh, it was amazing to me, you know, to see 20 people, you know, 30 people together and having a good time, you know, playing baseball and, and uh, sharing and, and, you know, having a meeting afterwards. You know, it was, it was a big deal to me. And, uh, you know, we, we continued doing these kind of things. And again, you know, these people invited me to their homes. 
And uh, it just so happened that uh, I met the lady that I married to today during this time also. And, and it was, again, you know, it was like I was trying to understand what these people were, were trying to tell me, you know, about uh, helping the addict that's still suffering. And yet, you know, they would tell me don't bring her around because she's still using you know, and I couldn't understand it, you know, like, hey, you know, I, I love this lady. But I could not tell anybody that this is the way I felt. You know, that I loved her no matter what. So I was going to stick by her. Anyway, it just so happened that, uh, you know, she got into recovery and it was beautiful. You know, we did a lot of things together. And yeah. we got into service the both of us and you know I heard a lot about about service and the speakers that you know that spoke here in the convention and uh, you know those of you that you know, that are not in service you know that, you know this is what it's all about you know giving away what was given to us freely you know and it was given to me way before I even got into recovery I didn't even know it you know just people giving of their of their time and, you know, now I know the importance of it, because that's what keeps me clean today. And, uh, you know, we got involved, you know, we started doing things and, and becoming secretaries. And, uh, hell, at one point I was secretary in four meetings. You know, <laughs> being an addict I am, I got involved. But, uh, you know, the thing about it was that things started really happening real fast, you know. Uh, I started feeling real good about myself. My self-esteem was, I mean, I was, God, I just couldn't believe it. Uh, I no longer had that knot in my, in my stomach, a lump in my throat. You know, uh, I became long-winded in meetings. You know, people got tired of listening to me in meetings. And, uh, God, you know, I couldn't believe it. You know, I thought, God, you know, what happened to me? You know, I'm not that person anymore, you know. Like, I do have something to offer. And, uh, Anyway, we, you know, we decided, well, you know, maybe we should start a family. So, you know, we figured, well, we're going to do that. We, you know, we better get married. And so, you know, we did this. We got married and, and, uh, and we started a family and uh, started getting promotions on my job. So, you know, with this addict thinking of mine, it was like, okay, you know, all these beautiful things are happening now. So, you know. I need to start getting responsible. You know, I don't have to be a, a good provider, a good husband, you know, a good father. You know, all these things that I was told that I would never be, I was becoming. So, uh, you know, I, I took that to the limit also. And the thing that's very important that I let you know that my recovery got put on the back burner. You know, there's another thing that I heard from the other speakers that these things do happen to us if we're not careful. I remember hearing this word complacency. I was sitting in a meeting and that was a topic. It was like at that time, God was trying to give me a message, but I, I wasn't listening. You know, complacency started sitting in and I was like, yeah, I got it together. You know, I know what to do. You know, I know all about the steps. I know all about prayer. I know all about sharing the message. I know all about service work. You know, I know how to do all these things. So if it ever gets to the point where, you know, where I need to get back to doing these things, well, I know what to do. And uh, here I was four years clean, I guess it was, four or five years. I'm, I'm not even sure, to be honest with you. And the only thing that I had going for me at that time was that I was uh, involved in a, in a bowling league, you know, for, uh, recovery addicts. <laughs> and I figured, well, you know, at least I'm around people in recovery. But uh, I got to the point where I was no longer with them. And I lost contact with all these people. And it just so happened that... Uh, my wife went back out after six years of being clean. And, uh, you know, it was like, I wasn't worried about it. You know, I was like, shit, you know, 
I got seven years pain, you know, I, I can help her out. You know, I did it before, I can do it again. You know, but the thing is, I didn't do anything. It was the fellowship that did it. It wasn't me. It was God that did it. It wasn't me. It was this mind of mine. I figured, well, you know, I'll take care of her. I'll clean her up. And uh, this went on for five years. And uh, all these things that uh, that we hear about, you know, all these material things, all these uh, egotistical uh, behaviors, all these things that, you know, that... Uh, I, I heard meetings, like, I became, you know, that's what I became. I was very egotistical, I was self-centered, you know, nobody could tell me anything, you know, like, you know, I'm not doing anything wrong, you know, I'm being responsible, you know, I'm taking care of my wife, I'm taking care of my son, I'm doing all these things, yes, but you're not taking care of yourself, you need to get back into recovery, and I was like, don't worry about it, I know what to do, and that's, you know, that's the attitude that I had. It just so happened that six years ago this month, as a matter of fact, it was to the point where she had enough. And she proceeded to walk out of my life. I don't know, you know, she did it several times, but, you know, like this was the ultimate, you know, like she was walking down the street. And, you know, I did the manly best thing that I could do was to go out there and physically abuse her. And carried her back into the house. You know, laid her on the couch. And it was like, God was there again. And it was like I looked at her. And just for one split second I remembered how good it felt. You know, to be with you people. And that's when I told her, you know, I don't know what you're going to do. But i got to go back to meetings. You know, I need to get back in there and try to straighten my life out. And that's exactly what I did. You know, like I said, it's been six years now. It's been six beautiful years. It was like she continued using, she continued hurting. And there was nothing that I could do for her. You know, all I could do is, is be there for her when, when she needed me. I can remember the days that I would go home and the best that I could do was just to check and see if she was still breathing. And uh, I continued, continued to go on the meetings. You know, I was involved in service, and I've been involved in service since I got back into meetings. And that was a very beautiful feeling to to know that people welcomed me back. It was like I was nine years clean and a newcomer. You know, and I heard somebody share this. This past weekend, you know, there I was, nine years clean, man, I was a newcomer. And I needed to tell these people how bad I was hurting. And how bad I needed you people. And the people didn't judge me. They allowed me to come into these rooms. They allowed me to sit there. And again, they allowed me into their homes. And what was amazing to me was like, you know, I was gone five years, and here I come back and I caught it synonymous, you know, they're having conventions, they're having unity days, they got a basic text, you know, they got all this literature, and, you know, they got this ASC, and, and all, you know, all these things are going on, and I'm thinking, whoa, you know, what happened? God, you know, I thought not, I thought synonymous couldn't make it without me, and I come back, and, man. You know, it really amazed me. And it just so happened that I hooked up with this one guy and, and it was like, you know, he, he showed me what this recovery thing was all about again. And, you know, I stuck by him. You know, I did a lot of things. You know, I owe, I owe my life to him. And then I, and it, I, for me it was necessary to start getting serious about my program. Yeah, and uh, I started thanking God every day for, you know, for allowing me to, you know, for another day in recovery. It was like I needed to stay involved. I needed to continue to tell you how, how bad I was hurting so I, until I didn't hurt anymore.
And that's what was beautiful about it. I knew that one day, one day, I was going to be able to come to the meeting and tell you how good I felt instead of telling you how bad I felt because I knew that hope was there. I knew that you people were going to walk with me. And you're going to allow me to go in there and babble on day after day after day after day. See, but the thing about it was, uh, you know, I was still hoping that, you know, maybe one day, you know, my, my wife would, uh, would get back into recovery. But, you know, like I was told, hey, you know, let God do God's work. You know, get out of the way. And it was real hard for me to do that. You know, but it just so happened, you know, that she got back into recovery. You know, and uh, that's beautiful. It's like that dream, you know, that uh, we always have that dream of one of these days everything's going to be all right. You know, if that dream has come true, you know, and she's with me this weekend. My little boy's with me this weekend. Yeah, and it's, it's beautiful. It's like something that God, you know, God planned for me, and I, I didn't know. You know, it was like I always, always wanted to to know what the outcome was going to be, and you know, and today I, I don't do that. You know, it's like I know there's a path that I have to follow, but I don't worry about the outcome because I know at the end it's going to be all right. And like when we go through bad times, you know, we're human. You know, we get on that roller coaster, we go up and down. It's just a continuing journey, you know, that's, that's the, you know, living life on life's terms. You know, and through the spiritual principles of narcotic phenomenon, then it's possible. It is possible. See, today it's not all about, you know, afraid that I'm going to go back out there and use it again. You know, I know that God took that obsession away from me. It's not that it won't come back. I know that. You know, because the only thing, the only out that I had six years ago was, you know, get rid of my wife, get rid of my son, and the problems would be all over. You know, and, you know, this wasn't divorcing her. You know, at that point I was homicidal and I was suicidal. See, it wasn't all about using you know, I know that I don't want to use no matter what. I know that I don't. See, any people that I knew in here, you people are the ones that helped me with this. You know, because you're the reminder. You know, I see it in your eyes. You want it so bad. But all I can do is tell you, you know, what I was told when I first came around there. Give yourself a break. You know, don't leave before the miracle happens. Because it will happen. In God's time, you know, it's the miracle that you're here right now. You know, this is, you know, this is something that I cannot turn my back on. I did it one time and I was just lucky enough to get back in here. You know, I don't ever want to turn my back on Archivist Anonymous. I don't want to turn my back on God. See, me and God, we walk side by side, you know, it's, He's always with me. I'm thanking Him constantly. You know, for, for everything. You know, it was, <laughs> it was an experience last week. We went up to Yosemite. You know, here I'm 43 years old. I've never been to Yosemite. You know, I'm one of these people that, uh, uh, you know, I just don't get around. You know, uh, even in my youth, and I didn't, I didn't pull in these geographicals. You know, I, I, I'm just not that type of person. Anyway, we went, we went up to Yosemite and, and it was a beautiful experience, you know. And I shared this in the meeting that, you know, if I would have been, you know, six years ago or at the time that I was using, it would have been a real bad experience for me. You know, like I would have thought of all the negative things. And like we had hail, we had rain, we had snow, we had all these things. And I would have used it as an excuse to say, well, it was, you know, it was a bad experience because, the, you know, the weather was bad and this and that. And the thing about it is, it was beautiful. It was really beautiful. You know, I thought of all the positive things. I was there with the people that loved me. I was there with my family. Uh, you know, God got us to do this. Got us home safely. 
and I didn't have to think about any of the negative things. And that's what I tried to do today. It's not that I do it 100%, you know, but I try to do the best that I can to, to be positive about what goes on in my life today, even when, when times are hard. And I can remember in the beginning, this guy, that's what he used to greet me all the time. It was like he saw me for some reason, like I had a tattoo on my forehead. And he would always tell me, man, you know, you, you better be positive. And I hated that guy for that. You know, but I know, I know what he means today. I know that I need to be positive. I need to look at the good things in life today. You know, I need to look at what God has given me. You know, and it's, you know, what, what I do with it is what matters. You know, and I go on striving, you know, one day at a time. It's, uh, you know, for you newcomers, it's, uh, in the beginning for me, it was real important that, that I listened to the speakers. But the thing about it is that, you know, I was elected hearing, you know, and I heard what I wanted to hear. So, I guess that's, probably another one of the things that I want to share with you is try to be open-minded, you know. And uh, when you get to those points in your recovery where things start getting rough and you you know, you want to cut back on your meetings and uh, you don't want to tell people that you hurt or you don't want to pray, you know, just remember what, what these speakers talked about, the pain that they had to go through and allow people to walk you through it. See, that's what I do today. The days that I don't want to go to meetings, like I say, hey, you know, I don't want to end up the way I was six years ago. You know, I want to continue doing what I'm doing today. I want to be around all you beautiful people. I want to feel good the way I feel today. You know, because I feel great. Even in my bad days, I feel, you know, I just feel good. And uh, I continually thank God, you know, for putting new people in my life. You know, there's a lot of people out there that I have not met. And somewhere down the line, I'm, you know, I'm going to meet a lot more addicts that are going to be, they're going to be there for me when I need them. That's what was beautiful about this, this convention is I've had to see a lot of the people that I hadn't seen, you know, two or three or four years now. You know, it's really beautiful that, uh, you know, they still hug me, they remember me, and, uh, you know, they, they wish the best for me. And, you know, and I wish the best for you. Just like, you know, this is the best show on earth, and that's all there is to it. Uh, a lot of the things that I used to hear in the beginning, it was like, man, these people, there's something got to be wrong with them, man, you know. I couldn't understand it, you know, when they would tell me that there's no other place that I would rather be than here with you. I'm thinking, come on, man, be real. You know, but I say those things now. I say those things, and I mean them. You know, because there's other things that I could be doing right now, but let me tell you, there's no other place that I would rather be than not here with you. You know, you people have, you know, have loved me, that's your help. And, you know, that, that right there in itself is, is a miracle. Uh, you know, it's real important that, you know, that I keep that in mind. You know, I take care of myself physically, mentally, spiritually. And I try to do this on a daily basis. I'm not, you know, I do the best that I can on a daily basis. Uh, and being adequate I am, I, I, I strive for perfection and I know that I'm, I'm never going to get there. I never will. I remember this guy at work, he always used to tell me, he said, you might not be the best, man, but you're pretty damn good at what you do. And I thought, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, but in the back of my mind, I always thought, well, I'm going to be the best. But the thing about it, it's not necessary. It's not necessary for me to be the best at anything. You know, because of God, because of the spiritual programs. You know, Narcotics Anonymous has brought me a long way. Uh, I got into, into the book, I started reading, and I started really identifying with, you know, with the Christian stories in the back, you know, that's like, it doesn't matter who's experienced it is, you know, I was able to relate to that and it, 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 it really helped me out a lot. Uh, another thing that, uh, 
that was very helpful to me was, you know, the, the people that got here before me and went through similar experiences, you know, and that's what God tells me. And at that time, the only thing that I have to offer to you people is my experience, you know, good or bad, and to let you know that I did not use over it. Yeah, because when I was out there in, in my addiction, it didn't matter if it was good or bad. I used it anyway. That's just the bottom line. You know, I'm an addict, and I used because I wanted to use. But it just so happened that now, you know, I had to turn that around, you know, and and uh, and only because of God and you people here, I've been able to do that. And. And I just want to thank you people for, you know, for supporting me this morning. Yeah, it really feels good. Uh, you know, this is an effective audience that you go to a treatment center and, you know, yeah, it really feels good because people can't go anywhere. But the thing is, you're here because you want to be here. You know, and hopefully I can share something with you that's, that's going to help you in your recovery. Uh, like I said, you know, I've, I've gone through a lot. And it's only because of my choosing. And you know, today I choose not to go to that pain any longer. It's like, you know, I want to continue living life on life's terms. Even if it hurts a little bit, so what? So what if it hurts a little bit? It's not going to hurt as bad as it used to. You know, I don't need to go back to jail anymore. You know, I don't need to be thinking about getting rid of my family anymore. You know, I don't need to think about, you know, just, just ending it because the pain is so, it's so bad. And I know that I don't want to use, I don't, I don't want to go back out there because I don't know if I'll make it back. That's what scares me more than anything else. It's not the going back out there and using. It's that I might not make it back. Because since I've been in recovery, I've seen a lot of people come in and out, in and out, in and out. But there's a lot of them that go out that don't come back. And the ones, the ones that, the unlucky ones are the ones that don't die, the ones that stay out there suffering. You know, I might, I might be one of the unlucky ones, but I won't die when I go back out there. That death isn't, you know, that doesn't bother me. If I go out there, I might get lucky and die, but I doubt it. You know, I might not be lucky enough to die. And I'll probably stay out there and I'll suffer. You know, I, I don't want that. You know, I might lose the ability to get that desire to come back into these rooms to be with you people. I might not get that third chance. See, I've already had two chances. I might not get the third one. Uh, I don't want to lose contact with God. You know, I might not be able to find God again. And I don't want to lose you people. You know, there was one thing that I could remember, and it was so devastating. You know, I, I remember it so vividly today that, you know, we come into recovery, we get all these phone numbers, we stay in contact with people, and she, you know, we get on the phone, and, you know, there's always somebody there on the other end of, end of the line. You know, but, like I say, when, when, when things got so bad and I stayed away from you people, I didn't have one phone number to call. Not one. And that was very devastating to me. I was like, what happened? You know, I knew, I knew what to do, but, you know, there was nobody there. You know, it was like, I pulled out the phone book and I figured, well, shit, you know, I looked at the yellow pages or something, you know. And it was like, every number that I called or referred me to somebody else. You know, it was like nobody knew what to do. You know, but you people, you do know what to do. You know, and you're there for me all the time. You know, just to be able to, to get on the phone and call you if I need you. And, you know, that's the way it's been. It's like, I don't want ever to lose contact with you people anymore. I don't want to be by myself. I don't want to wake up one day and say, well, you know, what happened? You know, I know what happens. So I want to continue coming back to meetings, continue praying, continue following these spiritual guidelines 
And that's exactly what they are, the spiritual guidelines, like it or not. You know, I hear some people talking about the spiritual part of the program. Here, this program is spiritual. If you're doing what Narcotics Anonymous suggests that you do, then you are doing something spiritual. If you're doing what Narcotics Anonymous suggests, you won't get loaded. Because you won't be doing the things that you used to do. See, I believe that. I believe as long as I'm doing what I'm doing today, I will not get loaded. I'm not going to set myself up. I'm not going to be around with the people. I'm not going to be in those places that I shouldn't be. But then I also have to remember that there's a lot of other areas in my life that I need to work on. And you people are the ones that are going to get me through this. I've been very fortunate to have a group of people in my life now that are continuing to help me. And uh, it's, it's beautiful. It's like, you know, God gave me another gift. There was only you people here in the group, there wasn't only Narcotics Anonymous. And there was other loving people that allowed me into their homes again. You know, that feels good. And I'm no longer looking through the window. I can remember those days of desperation, always wondering, you know, how come I can't be there? You know, but it's not that way anymore. I am there. You know, I am part of today. You know, and that's a good feeling. You know, I don't feel less, less than. You know, I don't, I don't believe like I'm above anybody else either. You know, it's like, you people made that possible for me. You know, with that, uh, I want to thank the committee again for allowing me to come and share with you people. You know, and share my gifts with you. Because those are the gifts that God gave me. You know, the tools, the desire, the ability, and to do it one day at a time. Thank you.